0: Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast. A community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. We're in this series, it's called Below the Surface, and we call it this uh, not because I love scuba diving, though I do you uh, love doing that but it 's it's a time for us in the summer to take this time just really dig below the surface to to address a lot of the areas that a lot of times we'll just kind of noddingly go along with and things that sound familiar if you 've been been around the body of Christ for a while. But it's a time just to dig in, it's just to really take it heart because when we look at the New Testament church, when we look at the things that were happening, we see men and women and children whose lives were radically changed for the power of God and for the mission that he gave them to. So this is a time just to really dive in. If, if you're like me, I hunger and thirst. Lord, I don't want to spend this life and use it and stand before you and, and just at that moment go, man, if I'd only applied myself more to prayer if i'd only surrendered my life in a greater way to the lord boy that's how i want to live my life i want to walk in the fullness of god amen and it's not about working harder it's just about saying lord you are lord do your work in me holy spirit be alive in my life lord help us not to get caught up in thinking that we we just need to work harder (laughs) or we just need to kind of muscle down and do it that's when we fail Because it's not in my strength, it's not in my power, but Lord, it's as I position myself, that position of surrender to you. As I decrease, you increase, aligning my life, walking with you, oh God. We need you. Our families need you, our friends need you, our city needs you. And so Lord, to do that, we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Humbly surrendered, walking in your life. So Lord, help us as, Lord, as I share this word from you today. Lord, let the words of my mouth and meditations of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Almighty God. We need you. We're in a strategic season for such a time as this. God, help us not to miss it. Help us not to, like the words of Jeremiah, behold, I do a new thing, but we missed it. We didn't perceive it. Open our eyes today. And Lord, embolden us by the power of the Holy Spirit, recognizing it's not through our might or our power. It's through you alive in us. So we don't need to be worried. We don't need to be filled with anxiety today. We we need to trust you. Teach us that. Because we, we struggle. I struggle. So do your work in us today. And everyone said together, Amen, amen, amen. Well, again, we're, we're devoting the first three weeks. If you are with us last week, we talked about, we kind of laid the foundation in this three-week mini-series within a series about the Holy Spirit. And we laid a, a, a wonderful foundation. And this week, as we move forward, we're going to be, 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 be talking about, about uh, how the Holy Spirit is essential in a disciple's life. See, I think it's important for us to recognize that without the Holy Spirit in our lives, we're going to be ineffective in our calling. The call of God requires the power of God. It's not something that I can do. If I can just do it on myself, I can just go off and do it, and I get all the glory, and I get all the credit, but I I can't do that. The world doesn't need more of Dwayne. The world needs more of the Spirit of God flowing through Dwayne, right? As wonderful as my mom says Dwayne is, this world needs to experience the power of Christ through his disciples. We need to recognize that as it relates to this, without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it's, it's like a car that's ran out of gas. Has anyone ever had the experience of running out of gas? Or maybe you're one of those lucky people that has an electric car and all the juice went out of your battery, <laughs> right? Whatever it is. And you, 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 you see that person out there pushing. I can remember as a kid, it seemed like we ran out of gas more as a child. I don't know why. But we, we, we often, if we ran out of gas, my dad would have us get out and push the car. Anybody ever have to do that before you had to kind of push a car? No one ever looked at somebody pushing a car and saying, that's the way it's done, kids. Look over there. Everyone get out. Push the car. This is how we do it. No. Everyone looks over and says, look at that poor fool. They ran out of gas. Or if you're nice, going, oh, we should probably go get him some gas or get her some gas. See, we were made to run under the power and the authority and the engine of the Holy Spirit alive in us to empower us. But a lot of times, you know, we're sitting in a car and the car looks good and it's shiny. And we wash the car, we shine the car, we buff all the scratches out that our kids did when they drove it. You know, or whatever happened, hypothetically speaking. So, uh, (laughs) walking through. And we end up pushing it and, and the Lord's saying, no. There's a power that's made available to you. There's a power that's made available to you. And this is what we see in Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, and we read this for our call to worship. But Acts chapter 1, starting verse 5, it says this. It says, and while staying with them, he, this is Jesus, Jesus, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. But Jesus said this. He said, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, But listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, you will be baptized, key word, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then verse 8, Jesus said, but you will receive what? You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then he said, and you will be my witnesses, another key word. You receive power, and then Jesus said, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem that's right here in all Judea, in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They had no internet, they had no airplanes, they had no cars. And Jesus is saying, you will reach every part of the world. Every part of the world. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit, so I want to just spend a few moments, first of all, just making sure we have a good understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. So who's the Holy Spirit? It's important that we recognize that the Holy Spirit is God, the Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. Now, the word Trinity, that's a theological word. It's not a word that you're going to see in the Bible, but it's a word that is used to describe how there's just one God, but three distinct persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Every time we, do, we baptize somebody in water, we say, "What well, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is the Trinity, one God, but three in one working together. And Jesus frequently taught on this and referred to this throughout his ministry. In fact, when Jesus was baptized, this is one of the this this is a very clear picture that we see of all three together. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest upon him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son. With whom I am well pleased. So when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit descended, and then, of course, Jesus was there. And then God the Father spoke. This is my son in whom I am well pleased. We see all three there. We also need to pay attention that the Holy Spirit is a person, meaning that the Holy Spirit desires to have relationship with us, just like the Father does in the Son. When Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit, Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as he. In John 16, 13, he said, he, the Holy Spirit, will guide you in all truth. See, we were created in the image of God, and we were created to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And this is modeled through scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. So what does the Holy Spirit do? What does the Holy Spirit do? Well, last week, I loved how we dove into that word advocate. You know, one of the first words that Jesus used to describe the Holy Spirit is he used this word advocate, Right? And this is a legal term. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit advocates for us. And just as a a very quick reminder, that as an advocate, the advocate reminds us of truth. Who needs reminding like me? I need reminding a lot. I have reminders, I have apps, I write things down. The Holy Spirit reminds us of truth. We need to be reminded of truth. We're in a world that tries to confuse us all the time. The Holy Spirit reminds us, this is truth, this is the way. As an advocate, the Holy Spirit also teaches us when we don't understand. Jesus said the Holy Spirit uh, will be with you and will will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that Jesus said. I wish I knew this back in school. Holy Spirit will teach you everything. Have we grasped what that is? We'll teach you everything. Who needs to know everything? (laughs) Everything. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything and then remind you when you forget. The Holy Spirit tells us, as an advocate, tells us what to say when we don't know how to respond. The Holy Spirit comforts us when we feel defeated. The Holy Spirit brings hope when we can't see a way through. And the Holy Spirit stands in front of us when we're under attack. Is this mind-blowing to you? Or like, oh, I do that all the time, Pastor Dwayne. Get on with it. This is how I live. (laughs) Right we know this but we need to live it out it teaches us everything reminds us of everything when we're under attack stands there when we don't know how to understand He tells us what to say. I mean, we need this every moment of our lives. Can you imagine if we walked in this way? Can you imagine if the body of Christ moved forward in this way with this understanding, dying to themselves so that Jesus is alive, surrendering all. The Holy Spirit is alive in us, and we're walking in this way. No wonder back when Jesus walked the earth and he led his disciples in this, and after the day of Pentecost, people looked at them, and they they, they just stood in awe, and they were like, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? See, the Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit empowers us. The Holy Spirit shows us how to pray. The Bible says the Holy Spirit regenerates us, and the Holy Spirit reveals Christ to us and in us. The Holy Spirit transforms us into the image of Christ. The Holy Spirit comforts us, is an advocate for us, guides us in all truth, convicts us of so many things. I mean, aren't you thankful for the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit? And we forget this. Because we love the Holy Spirit to remind us, we need the Holy Spirit to remind us of all these things. It's amazing, and I'm so thankful. But in this passage, Acts chapter one, Jesus, he's focusing on the purpose, and he's focusing on the mission of every disciple, that's you and me, all of us who follow Christ, all of us who surrender our life to Jesus, He's focusing on our mission, which is to be His witness. There's a key word in there, witness. And now witness, like the word advocate, this is a legal term that is used. And Jesus says here, he says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, one of the main roles of the Holy Spirit in our lives is to empower us for his mission to make disciples. But one of the key parts of making disciples is we need to be an effective witness to what we're discipling. There's no way that we can do the mission without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. See, the disciples, they proved, they proved that the mission could not be done without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. They proved this. Before the coming of the Holy Spirit, before this secondary work, the disciples, they repeatedly struggled. Remember when Jesus was arrested? They fled. During the crucifixion, Most of them went into hiding, fearing for their lives. And before the resurrection, there were those that even doubted, is he really the Son of God? It was only after they received the Holy Spirit, after they received the secondary work, that they began to act decisively, and they began to speak boldly, because the Holy Spirit was now empowering them to be his witness. This is what the Holy Spirit does in our life, one of the many things. See, being a witness is essential in fulfilling the mission of making disciples. When you think about the legal use of that word, witness, in a courtroom, one of the main players is a witness, right? If you're being accused of something and it's false, what do you do? You try to find other witnesses that can come along and say, no, he didn't do that, she didn't do that, here's what really happened. And the witness will come in. And that's why those who are attacking on the other side of that What's one of the key things that they'll do to win their case? They attack the witness, (laughs) right? Whether it's Perry Mason or whatever, there's always a legal show on TV, and it's always at the top of the list because we love watching this stuff. I love watching that stuff because you see it, and it's fascinating. It's the power of witness because they know if you can discredit or bring doubt about the witness, you can overthrow the case, We're not talking about facts here even all the time. I think that's one of the frustrating things, right? It's not even about the facts. But if you can discredit or bring doubt about the witness, then it's all thrown out. And we need to recognize that in the culture that we're in, when we take a stand for Jesus, we are going to be attacked. When we go out as his witnesses, his disciples, and and take a stand for the truth, our lives, they're going to come under scrutiny. See, the enemy is going to try to throw us off. The enemy is going to try to make us doubt did Jesus really say, did God really say and even try to twist the truth to get us to fail. Maybe you've experienced this before. Maybe you've seen this experience in other people's lives. That's why Jesus gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit because he knew, he experienced this. The disciples experienced this. Their very lives were at stake. But Jesus said this to them in Luke 12, verse 11, he said, and when, not if, he said, and when they bring you before the synagogues, okay, when they bring you before the rulers and the authorities, he said, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. When you're brought before the synagogue, when you're brought before the authorities of that day, when you're brought before, you're taking the stand, you're being a witness, and you're brought in, he's saying, don't be anxious about what you should say. Now, for me, if I was brought before somebody, I'd be reading, I'd be studying, I'd be doing notes. I'd be saying, quiz me on this. Let's talk about this. Let's study this out. And those are all good things. But Jesus is saying, don't worry about it. Don't worry about how you need to defend yourself. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour. What to say. I don't even have to memorize it. Jesus knows I forget. I called Stephanie Donna for six months before we were dating. Before we were dating. All right? This is not something you have to cram for. This is not something you've got to memorize, though. Yeah, let the word of God be hidden in your heart, okay? All those things. But what I'm saying is that when you take a stand, Holy Spirit will defend you. When you feel the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will defend you. That resonates with me. See, through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we're now empowered to stand under scrutiny, the test of a courtroom with a judge and with a whole legal team that's coming against you. Jesus said, Don't worry. Even if they're corrupt, We talk about corruption today. Corruption in this day was at a whole new level. whole new level. He's saying, don't worry. The Holy Spirit will defend you. You don't even need to defend yourself. And now the Holy Spirit teaches us, tells us what to do, and defends us when we're under attack. I mean, who would not want to receive this gift? Because if you take a stand for Jesus... In your home, in your work, in your culture, in your society, wherever, you're going to come under attack. And I don't want to mislead anybody. I want to speak the truth. Because when I put something online, it's online forever. I want to make sure that I'm saying the truth, don't you? I want to make sure that I'm leading people, that I'm not causing people to be led astray by the things I say or the things I do. I need the Holy Spirit. I need the empowerment. And then as I walk in that, I need defending because I'm attacked. As a disciple, you will be. So, I want this gift. So, how do I receive the gift? How do I receive this powerful gift the Holy Spirit? Well, I think it's important for us to understand that when we, that when Jesus was talking about the empowerment for the Holy Spirit, he was talking about what was often referred to as a subsequent work of the Holy Spirit, that it was, this, it was this, this additional work that came in. Because see, we know from John 20, that the disciples had already received the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on them. And many people who back away from this, they'll say, well, when you, when you surrender your life to Jesus, when you, doesn't the Holy Spirit fill you? Yes. You are filled with the Spirit of God in that moment when you surrender. John 20, 22, Jesus said to his disciples, receive the Holy Spirit. But as it relates to the subsequent work, Jesus now, with knowing that, Jesus uses a key word here to describe this empowerment. And he uses the word baptism. Baptized. You will be baptized. Acts 1.5, Jesus said to the disciples, You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. See, the disciples, they were very familiar with this word baptism, right? They'd they'd seen Jesus be baptized in water by John the Baptist. And Jesus, he even had his disciples go out and baptize others. So this was something that that they were familiar with. They knew it. They operated it. They practiced it. They knew the significance of water baptism. They knew it. But now, Jesus was talking about a different baptism. He was talking about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, John the Baptist, he had prophesied about this in Luke 3.16 when he said that that Jesus would baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And baptism in the Holy Spirit, it was even prophesied about in the Old Testament. The prophet Joel prophesied this. Afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Get ready to dream. And your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That's Joel chapter 2. That's why on the day of Pentecost, when the disciples were filled with the spirit, what did Peter say? under Under the empowerment the anointing of the Holy Spirit, Peter got up and said, this is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. See, baptism is a significant word because when you're baptized, you're totally drenched. I've even, maybe some of you in this room, as I was baptizing, you didn't quite get all the way under, and I went, I pushed all the way under. Why? I had somebody get one time, I said, my, my hair's not wet, you know, because it's the full immersion. When, when you're baptized, we tell people, bring a change of clothes, everything's going to get wet, take off your watch, get your phone out of your pocket, I mean, you know, because everything is affected. Everything is drenched. Everything is drenched. This is the power of that. Every part of us is effective. I believe that's why in the Bible, as well as today, when people were baptized in the Holy Spirit, everything was affected that they experienced what is often referred to as speaking in tongues. Every part of them. It says on the day of Pentecost, speaking in tongues was the physical was the initial physical evidence of the disciples being baptized by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the disciples were so filled with the Holy Spirit that even what they said was being controlled by the Holy Spirit. See, when we talk about tongues in the Bible, it's important to recognize, though, that we're talking about two different things, that there's two different types. Because on the day of Pentecost as the Holy Spirit filled them and they began to speak in tongues, there was evident what we call often called known languages, right? So the disciples, they, they were speaking in things that other people knew, right? The Pentecost, this was a festival. There were people from many nations coming in, lots of language going in. And the disciples stood up, filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in known languages. There were people going, how do they know this? These aren't learned men. They, they don't know this language. The Holy Spirit spoke through them to speak a language that connected with them so that there was no language barrier. I mean, we've had missionaries talk about this where they've gone into nations, they've gone into countries, and they didn't know the language, and the Holy Spirit began empowering them to speak through them. But there's also a second type, which is often referred to as spirit or heavenly languages. These are occurrences in Acts where we're speaking in tongues is mentioned where the language is not understood and it's not identified. This is often referred to as a spiritual or a heavenly language, as a means of communication between a, a believer in God. And we, we see this in Acts 10, 46, 19, 6. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 2, 4, Paul said that anyone who speaks in tongue, in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, and that he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. See, this is such a, a powerful part of a believer's life that Paul even said in 1 Corinthians 14.5, he said, I wish all of you to continue speaking in tongues. It was something that was modeled. It was something that was lived out. It was, it was often the initial physical evidence. But as it relates to speaking in tongues, a lot of times, and maybe some of, some of you now thought I was speaking in tongues, and, you, and all of a sudden your radar went up. What's he going to say? Because some of us have a lot of baggage about speaking in tongues. I have a lot of baggage <laughs> speaking in tongues. I was in a Pentecostal church from the day I was born. Wonderful church. People who love me and raised me, uh, discipled and also disciplined me because I'm not the person you see today. <laughs> many stories I could tell you, many stories they'd love to tell you. But as it related to this speaking in tongues, I think it's important to recognize that anything that is powerful will always be abused. And there will be counterfeits to every great truth. Just go downtown New York City. You'll see Gucci bags. that It's not a Gucci. It rubs off. Just like there are counterfeits, there are those who say that they know God, but they really don't. There will also be those who claim to be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit, when they're not. It's like when someone wants to add power to the words and they'll say, God told me to tell you. Does that cause your radar to go up? <laughs> what are you going to say? See, God, he does speak through us. But Jesus issued strong warnings against using God's name and pretending to be something you're not. And, and it's a caution because when we do this and it's not God, there are, there are times that I've said, I believe the Lord has a word that speaking through me but we need to be certain because if we speak something we attach God's name to it and it's not, not only do we sit in judgment, but now we've misled somebody. So we don't need to be afraid of it. We just need to be certain and have confidence because people who did this way, people who operated this way that said they were something that they were not and tried to add God's authority to them, Jesus described these people as whitewashed tombs, meaning they're all pretty on the outside, but they're dead on the inside. And in Matthew 7, 15, Jesus referred to them as wolves in cheap clothing. They're doing this to get power and to get authority so they can have you, that they can have ownership, they can have power in your life, they can have authority in your life. So Jesus warned against it. That's why Jesus said, he said, you will know them by their fruit. Jesus even said to judge them by their fruit. Now, I know the scripture says, you know, that be careful in judging because in the way that you're judged, right, so you will be judged. So there's, there's a responsibility there, but... We, we make judgments all the time, don't we? <laughs> right? It's important to test the fruit. When a gardener goes to the garden, he's looking and saying, what's growing, what's not growing, what's diseased? Because you want to bring health to it. You want to, if something's hurting it, you want to pull it away, and you also want to come in and lean into things that are growing, things that are working well. These, these, these are things that we do. That's why Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit, and we're going to be talking a lot about that next week. But unfortunately, I've experienced a lot of people who would claim to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and they would speak in tongues in every service, but they would not have the fruit in their life. I think one of the challenges came came in, 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 in my life growing up where, again, wonderful church, people who continue to pour in my life and encourage me. But when I would see somebody that would put on a big show and then walk in such an unkind, judgmental way in my life, man, it hurt so bad. I mean, it hurt so much to the point where I didn't want to bring my friends to church anymore. I brought my best friend to the altar. I was like, "Man, he's giving his life to Christ, and I'm praying for him." And this is the '80s, so we had luscious, beautiful hair. You know, bring it back, Lord. <laughs> Prayed for him, gave his life to Christ. A guy who's not emotional, tears in his eyes. Before he got from the altar, someone came in and said, "Now that you're giving your life to Christ, you need to cut off all your hair." <laughs> hurtful. And they tried to add a lot of stuff into it. And walking out, I was like, that's a picture of Jesus. He's got long hair. You're good, dude. Don't worry about it. (laughs) And that's that's a very light example. But it hurt me. And as a result, I wanted nothing to do with it. Jesus, I believe in you. God, I want to follow you. I, I know the Bible. I know it's all here, but Being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues, if that's what it is, I want nothing to do with it. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever seen that? Until Until I had a great so wonderful pastor step into my life. And he knew what was going on. He was an evangelist coming through our area. And when you came through the area of Newfoundland, you really worked hard because you had to work hard to get there. And he spoke for our youth camp, and he did a rally. Anybody remember what rallies are? <laughs> youth rallies, right? Afterwards, in, in, in my friend's church. And uh, our Christian rock band did the worship that night. We are actually called Dunamis from Acts one eight. Dunamis is the Greek word for power. So, and at the end of it, there another team came up, led the altar call, and he said, if you'd like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, come forward. Very gentle, powerful man of God. Very gentle approach. And I'm sitting there, I'm going, <laughs> I got all my baggage, right? I'm like, there's no way I can carry all this baggage down there. Buddy of mine turns next to me and says, "Dwayne, how come you're not moving? And I said, <laughs> and I told him, he said, Dwayne, if this is from God, don't you want it? He's not coercive. He's not. He's not weird. Do you trust him? I said, yeah. He said, why don't you just go forward? Just try it. So, get all my baggage, and I walk forward. And I'm kind of my kind of hanging my head and just very, 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 very shy. Very, very shy. I was not the person that would get up on stage at all. And I walk forward, and he said, what's wrong? I said, well, I said I believe what you're saying, and I like you, but this. he's like, Dwayne, it's not coercive. It's not manipulated. There's nothing being worked up. But if you want to receive from the Holy Spirit, just ask. Just ask. And in that moment, there was no working up of a show. There was nothing. I was filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, the subsequent work. I spoke in tongues. I felt God's voice. See, everything changed. And for me, what... What it was for me, I had a lot of pride that I had to lay down. Because my pride was, I'm not going to be like that person. I'm not going to do that person. I'm not going to get up and do something and then do this. And I had all this, and, 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 I'm not. And the Holy, and the Holy Spirit's word to me is that you're, you're full of pride. You've just made your pride look good. <laughs> you've, just, you've just fluffed it up, and you've tried to add credibility to your pride. See, I had to lay down my pride of not wanting to be associated with those that I perceived my judgment of everybody else, that I judged and sentenced to jail as hypocrites in my church. And the Holy Spirit dealt with that. And I'm telling you, this is when everything changed. Everything. I hope I can get it. Pray for me. I'll stop crying here this morning. Because everything changed in this moment. I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I spoke in a heavenly language. I felt the power of the Holy Spirit, this dunamis power that I'd only heard about before in my life. I received direction about my future and the path that I was to be on. Everything changed for me in that moment. I received confidence in following God and a new boldness in my life. Was I perfect after that? No. Did I make mistakes after that? Absolutely, yes. Did I have to ask forgiveness after that? Yes. It wasn't like all of a sudden there was a halo on my head and Dwayne was perfect. No. I still got Bs, Cs, and Ds. I got an F one time. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I was on a journey, but when this happened, when this trajectory came in, it was a landmark in my life. There was a new authority that was given. There was a new confidence that was coming in, and the Holy Spirit began to work in me and began to fashion me and began to shape me. And then when when I would get off track, I was quicker to come back because the Holy Spirit was saying, you know the way to walk in. You know where this path is going to go. Come back to it. Come back. Come back. See, this is the pattern that we see laid out in Scripture. That when people gave their lives to Christ, the disciples then, knowing that they're now they've surrendered their life, they would pray for the Holy Spirit to fill them. They would lay their hands on them. In Acts chapter 8, Peter and John, they laid their hands on, on the Samaritans who had received salvation to receive the Holy Spirit. Their experience was so dramatic and so observable that when you read it, even Simon the magician said, can I buy this? This is powerful. Can I do this? And that's a whole other sermon. But it was so evident that the magician wanted to buy it. The Apostle Paul, he experienced the filling of the Holy Spirit three days after his conversion to Christ when he was visited by Ananias. The Bible says that Ananias, he laid his hands on Saul to be healed and to be filled with the Spirit. And as a result... Paul was healed and he was baptized. The Apostle Paul often spoke of the Holy Spirit, praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit in other disciples, and he spoke about how frequently he prayed, one of the most influential disciples in Scripture, how frequently he spoke in tongues. See, I think it's especially powerful that the initial physical evidence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit would be the control of our tongue. The words that we say, see, our words carry so much power. Have you ever spoken something and you wish, and you you wish, I wish I could pull that back, but you can't. See, our words have the power to heal or the power to destroy. Proverbs says this. Proverbs eighteen twenty one. It says the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And Jesus said, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. I love what James chapter 3 is. James chapter 3 says, the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a force is set ablaze by such a small fire. And then James says, no human being can tame the tongue. No human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil Full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. And he says, These things ought not be so. The tongue is powerful. If you're in a relationship with other people, I'm certain there are words that you're going, boy, I wish I could pull that back. I wish I could do this, or I wish that never said. And even, I mean, we have so much counseling because of words that were spoken to us when we were children or words along the way that were like, I know that's not even true anymore, but it's still affecting me, and I don't know why. Why is this here? See, we can't take back our words, but we can be proactive today and give control of our tongue to the Holy Spirit, right? When we come to the Lord and we Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. I surrender my heart. Come in. The Bible says, as far as the east is from the west, so has He removed our sin from us. Hallelujah. So, this is not about looking back. This is about looking forward and saying, you know what? That's out there. Holy Spirit, take control of my tongue. Take control of the words I say. See, our words are so important. Because they have such a big impact on what we talked about earlier, our witness. When they try to discredit discredit a witness in court, what do they do? Here are the things you said. Here are the things you posted. Here are the things that you're there. Here's the discrepancies in that. I mean, how many people have been hurt by careless or destructive words? Likewise, how many people have been hurt by words that have not been spoken? Either by fear of being rejected or by lack of proximity to speak the love of Christ into people's lives. See, there's, there's this aspect where the Holy Spirit controls us and says, don't say that. <laughs> Pull this back. But there's times the Holy Spirit says, you need to say this. And I know it may seem risky, but the Holy Spirit would say, you need to stand up, you need to give a witness like the Apostle Peter. You need to stand up like the Apostle Paul. You need to stand up in the name of Jesus and speak these truths. And I'm going to tell you how to say it. I'm going to tell you how to live it out. See, if we're going to be an effective witness for Jesus, we need to give control of everything, including our mouth. Including our mouth. Our language, the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you read what's up on the screen right now? Let's read this together. As followers of Christ, we need to be careful that we don't allow counterfeits to keep us from the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit that is available to us. Amen? We've allowed a bad example, the counterfeits, people misusing it. We've allowed maybe our own misuse. We're like, you know what? I did things I wish I hadn't have done. Holy Spirit, don't allow us to be tricked by the enemy. Don't allow us to let a cheap counterfeit that has hurt so many people keep us from what you have. Our families need your words of life, your words of truth. This community needs your words of life, your words of truth. Our city needs your words of life your words of truth, men and women and children that are effective witnesses for you. But to do that, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Would you all stand with me this morning? See, we know that the word needs to be alive in us. Faith cometh by hearing. We need to hear the word of God. But we need to be doers of the word of God. James said, a faith without works is dead. We need to take steps in response. Otherwise, we'll hear something, we'll walk away. (laughs) There were many people who heard Jesus say truth that they walked away from. It's important that we respond. So my invitation to all of you is a question... That I had to address. And it's this, is there anything that is keeping me from seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Bad experiences. I had, Yep, I had that one. Counterfeits, had that one. And pride, I was judging people. I didn't want to be associated with things. But when that pastor said, that's not the Holy Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit. Invite the Holy Spirit to in this moment to reveal this to you. What do I need to let go of? What do I need to, the hurts, the habits, the hangups, all those things? Do you know who can help you deal with that? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Bring it to Him. And then, of course, do you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? This is not coercive. This is not coaching. This is not any of that. I've seen all that. This is just simply praying. And here's what I'm going to say. Don't even be held back from you. Well, Pastor Wayne, I asked before and it didn't happen. Do you know any things I've asked for <laughs> before I actually arrived? There are things in my life that the Lord has been working on, and I'll see traction that's there. And, I've, and then there's, there's other things, that I, things I'm still working on, things I'm still walking out in. Let me encourage you not to be held back by that, not and not to come forward and go, well, unless this happens, and unless this happens, and unless this happens, you know, don't let that go to one side and say, Jesus, if this is what you have for me, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And to keep asking, and to keep pursuing, to keep going after it. I have, I have friends and family members that they've been seeking the Lord, and they were just at home laying in their bed one night, and they just, they began speaking in tongues, being filled with the Holy Spirit. It was just them and the Lord. The Lord is a rewarder of those who pursue Him, but you're on your journey. How that happens, it's a refining work that God does. But it happens by just coming forward, just taking that step and saying, All right, I'm ready to be embarrassed in front of a bunch of people who love me and are praying for me. I want to be filled. The Bible also says that we are daily refilled. Maybe you're like, I need to be refilled. I'm just going through stuff, and it's just, I'm leaking like a a filter here. I need to be refilled. These are wonderful people here. I trust them. Don't miss what the Lord would have for you. As the worship team sings, come forward and do that. Go take communion and say, Jesus, take my pride. You you died and you rose again. This is what this is a reminder of, and you're alive in me now, and you've forgiven my sin. Jesus, take my pride. Take my judgment. Take all these things. Take the counterfeits that are holding me back. I want to walk in you. Respond. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Keep seeking that. Amen? Have I given you enough encouragement? We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We're praying for it. The, this morning in prayer at 930, we just began praying for it. Praying for him. <laughs> Fully God, personal. Seek the Holy Spirit. Don't be scared. Seek the Holy Spirit. We're going to pray. And board members, if, they're, if you see, I'm praying that people just come forward. I pray we need more people to pray. Yeah, Mary Ann, would you mind being one of our- I know. Yeah. These are wonderful people. They're going to pray for you. Let's be prayed for today. Amen. Let's, let's not miss it. I'm not trying to coerce you. I'm trying to encourage you. So now I'm going to get out of the way. Let's respond. Jesus, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. Don't let us be confused. We're not going to work anybody out. We're not going to do a show. We're not going to do any of that. We're just going to simply, like we see later in the Bible, Holy Spirit, fill me. Empower me. Direct me. Be an advocate for me. Stand in front of me when I'm being attacked. Teach me all things and remind me when I forget. Give me the power to go and ask for forgiveness. Give me the power to lay down my pride. Reveal to me. Do your work in us now, we pray. Lord, we thank you for what you're doing. Think of what you've done. Think of what you're doing and what you have yet to do. And Lord, I know that, uh, Lord, one sermon doesn't end it. One sermon doesn't deal with it. One sermon doesn't do anything. It's just, it's a beginning today. It's walking. It's being reminded. It's being taught. It's it's starting conversations. Lord, I pray that our awareness to our need for you has been opened today. And Lord, I pray that this would be a community that, if for people who have questions about this or challenges or or whatever, Lord, that we would be a community that can engage in that. Lord, you didn't turn away people that ask questions. You corrected those who had ill motives that weren't sincere, but every sincere seeker, every sincere question asker, Lord, you you welcomed and. And you're brought into that dialogue. And Holy Spirit, we know that you teach us and you instruct us and you remind us in that, I pray. Do your work in us, oh God. Amen. Maybe as you're sitting processing, let me invite you just to, maybe this is a, a prayer for you. I'm, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. This is a prayer that I often pray. It's a prayer of, Lord, reveal to me my pride. Jesus, forgive me of my pride. And then Holy Spirit, fill me and empower me to speak your truth, to walk in your power and your authority, I pray. Amen. If that prayer echoes your heart, can we pray this together? Jesus, forgive me of my pride. Holy Spirit, <laughs> reveal to me my pride. Help me to lay it down. Jesus, forgive me. Now, Holy Spirit, fill my life. Empower me, Holy Spirit. Take control of my thoughts. Take control of my tongue. Guide my words. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Let me encourage you as you to continue to walk in this. If you have questions about this, like I said, every sincere question, Jesus, welcome. That's where we experience God. Ask your questions. Find people that you trust, any of these people, our staff, our team, people in your group. But don't walk away and just ignore it. Invite the Holy Spirit to fill you, to take charge, to take control. Continue to seek, continue to pursue. When Paul talks about, Paul would often say, I speak in tongues more than any of you. He talks a lot about how that, in feeling that empowerment, that heavenly language. I'll tell you, when I've been at some dark times in my life, that's especially where that heavenly language has manifested itself. When I didn't know how to pray, do you have things you're like, I don't even know how to pray? <laughs> I just feel so broken right now, so tired right now. The Holy Spirit. Spirit would take over and just lead me and guide me. Because when we pray, when we seek the Lord, there's, there's spiritual warfare that takes place. There's a spirit realm that's connected to the physical. And we know the Seattle knows this. It's just oftentimes we go after the wrong spirit. The Holy Spirit takes over and leads us, leads me, guides me, and teaches me and shows me. Lean into that. Lean into that, amen. Amen, Lord, we thank you for your word today. Help us to walk in this as we seek you. You've called us to worship you in spirit and in truth. We just want to please you, Jesus, in all that we do. Holy Spirit, thank you for equipping us, empowering us, leading us, enabling us. Take control of our tongue, Jesus. Take control of our tongue, Holy Spirit. Show us when we need to have that self-restraint and. Show us when we need to speak your word, your truth, in your grace. In your grace. It's grace and truth. In Jesus' name. Let's say this together. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.